Okay, so we've gone through part one, which is a lot more about the fat loss mindset and understanding a little bit more of those other things that aren't as much talked about or talked about way too much and not really given the actual context behind it. So I hope a lot of that made sense. Make sure you watch that first before jumping into this side of things because it's gonna get just slightly more technical, um, you know, but I'm gonna try and keep it as simple as possible for everyone, okay? So jumping straight back in, the number one rule to fat loss. Now, the number one rule to fat loss is the calories in, calories out, because it's not a method. It is something that, you know, this is from the words of um, BioLane. It's it's like every, everyone who has gone on diet, everyone who has done any of this stuff is performing calories in, calories out. It is a, it is a, a rule, not a method. It is something that we can't we can't escape from it's like saying that you you know saying you tried calories in calories out is like saying you tried gravity right it's something that we can't escape it's something that we have to understand and live by and it is why it is the number one rule to fat loss so you can't lose weight if you are eating more calories than you're burning this is the most important point of fat loss and it applies to 100% of the population. If you are if you are eating a crazy amount of food and you're not doing the exercise or you're not burning enough to, to balance that out, you cannot and will not lose the weight, right? So you, me, Joe, everyone has a certain amount of calories that they burn every single day. And how much you burn depends on a lot of different factors. It depends on um, you know whether you're male or female. It depends on whether you have an active job or you're at a desk. It depends on your height, your weight. It depends on um, how much muscle mass you have on your body. Um, and it depends on your genetics as well. All of these things play a role into how many calories you burn in a day-to-day -day. and we don't we have we have control over that by some as you can see some of those things we can change and some of those things we can't change so um, that whether we like it or not this is where it starts okay so when you burn energy you have to it, it, it has to be replenished right and this will be in the food uh, in the form of food or drinks basically everything we put into our body besides water straight filtered natural water um, has some form of calorie content, you know, even your Diet Cokes and all of that sort of stuff, they have uh, calories, you know, some much less than others, but everything does have energy tied to it. So every time you consume something, whether it's chewing gum, Diet Coke, um, you know, chocolate, whether it's, you know, all of this, you know, really low fat, low carb, whatever alternatives, it's got calories. So it's not fixing the equation of calories in, calories out. It's making it easier to adhere to lower calories, therefore dropping the body weight. So if you consume more energy than your body expends, then that energy excess, right? So if I own, if my genetics and all of my things and I do my calculations, um, comes to I burn 2400 calories every day and every day I'm eating 3000 calories a day that extra 600 has to go somewhere it, we, we don't have a choice in that it doesn't just poof into into you know thin air it gets stored in us whether it's fat or muscle or you know glycogen it, there's a lot of different things that can happen there um, but it has to go somewhere right so if you consume less calories than your body burns, 
then you'll be forced to bring energy from those stores that we are talking about there, from muscle, from fat, from glycogen. It's going to be turned into the energy that to make up that difference, right? So if I burn 2,400 and I'm only eating 2,000, that extra 400 has to come from somewhere and it's going to get transferred from the cells in our body into energy for, for movement, for doing whatever we're doing. Okay, so we can't escape this, and this is something that you know everyone needs to understand to lose body fat effectively. Now, all of that's well and good, but how much should I eat then? What is the calorie amount for me? Now, it's there is some calculations online, which is a good starting point, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through some different um, mathematical equations here that can give you a rough estimate. But I'm gonna just preface all of that by saying that unless the only way to work out perfectly and work out exactly how much, or you know, close as close as possible, is just trial and error. There's nothing wrong with trial and error. You shouldn't just be able to jump into a diet and it just works straight away for the rest of your life. And oh my god, it's just amazing, right? We have to actually put a put a calorie amount or a value to the amount of food that we're putting in and directly assess that or definitely you know uh, look at that and compare it to the number on the scales and then see what's happening to it if we do this for three weeks or four weeks at a certain amount of food and your weight isn't moving Congratulations, you have found your maintenance level. You have found how much food it takes to maintain your weight. And what you need to remember is that the body is quite smart. So it will naturally, you your hunger levels and your say and you know how full you feel and all of those things, it is pretty closely tied, especially if you've been at this weight for a long time of your life. It's tied to basically make you feel hungry when you're dropping down below that and make you feel full when you're going too far over so that you just constantly balance out this equation, right? If you're not thinking about it, your body knows how to keep itself at homeostasis, okay? So in saying that, Here's some, um, I'm gonna go through some mathematical stuff that you can use to actually determine where you should start as a point, right? So first, put your weight into pounds. So if you know yourself in kilos, obviously Australia, um, find a way to find to turn that into pounds, which is times it by 2.2, okay? So 80 kilos, which is roughly where I'm at at the moment, um, that's 176 pounds for me, right? Um, for a 60 kilogram female, 132 pounds, okay? Now, once you've got that number, so 176 pounds for me, if you are inactive for most of the day, so you don't really exercise at the moment, and you've got a sedentary job, and you basically, you're spending most of your day on the couch, or working from home, or doing whatever you're doing, then you're gonna multiply this number by 13, okay? If you have a desk job, but either walk to work, or exercise before or after, and you're, you know, you're staying relatively fit, um, you know, but for the, still for the most of the day, you're not moving a crazy amount, multiply by 14. And if you have a physically demanding job and you exercise out of that as well, so you go to work, you move around a lot, you're in a warehouse, you're, you know, construction building, um, and then you train on top of that, then I want you to multiply that by 15. Now, this is going to give us what would be close to our basal metabolic rate or, you know, close to maintenance. All right. So BMR is the amount of calories your body uses 
just to keep itself from shutting down, right? So you've got to remember, just like I was saying, all of this stuff, right? All of this moving, doing the dishes, driving, all of these things, that is, um, that needs calories. But also the stuff that's happening on the inside that you can't see, the breathing, your heart pumping, um, you know, your stomach digesting, those things use calories as well. All movement requires those sort of calories. So for those non, uh, those essential things that we can't live without, that is what is equated inside that BMR. So starting at that point is usually a good place to then, you know, to make sure that we're making, you know, we're covering all of that off so we don't just Know, drop dead which wouldn't happen because you can create the energy from ourselves but starting at that amount which means that any form of exercise on top of that any form of movement any form of exercise is going to bring that deficit up higher is a good place to start so for myself um, 80 kilo male moderately active um, this is how I'd work oh, okay so at this time that I wrote this I was 90 kilos but now I'm closer to 80 I'm about 81 82 so let's use the 90 kilo male now for example so 90 kilos times 2.2 gives me 198 now 198 pounds I've done times 15 purely because I train pretty much every day um, my work with all while not being super active and not like you know labor intensive um, you know I'm on my feet virtually all day doing you know personal training sessions and things like that so I timed it by 15 here which gave me the average calories burned each day at around 2970 right so that's basically saying if i ate 2970 calories i should basically I'll, I'll probably stay around the same weight now knowing myself and knowing you know how high that sort of calories is um it seems about right maybe a little bit high so maybe i should have done maybe a 14.5 or you know maybe just a flat 14 would probably be closer to where i'd be going i'd be starting at um for a fat loss phase but that's okay now I'm going to go more into sort of how what how much is 2,900 calories a little bit later. But if you can see here um, on the other side, how to get um, how to get the scales to drop. So as you can see on the side, track your food, take two weeks, download an app like MyFitnessPal or any other calorie tracker that you can find on your phone or you know desktop or whatever, and just track. You know, do it do it once. Do it, do it for a week, you know, what have you got to lose? I know people struggle with this stuff, um, but it's not as hard as it looks and they make it easier and easier every single time technology advances, okay? So download one of these apps, just try it out, right? And track your food, put in, you literally just type in, if my meal at the morning was eggs, you know, with, um, with some bread and a, a couple of pieces of bacon, you type in literally eggs, how many? two there you go it gives you all the calories bacon how many slices two put it in bread how many slices two put it in olive oil to cook all the bread how much did you use uh probably used about a tablespoon of oil right put it in then you got um you know butter for the bread how much did you put on that i uh, probably used about 15 you know five to ten grams of butter you know from the spread you can weigh this you know the more accurate that you are the closer it's going to be to correct um, but even just as a starting point you know even if it's not a hundred percent correct it's going to give you a good idea of how much you're eating okay um you know so it counts for everything maybe i had some fruit juice that morning make sure you count that as well um you know so track all of this stuff as you go 
right? And alongside that, you also need to track the weight, right? So then each day, I ate this much, I weighed this much. I ate this much, I weighed this much. And just do this again, 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 again. Do this for a week to two weeks and see what is happening, right? Is your weight going down? Is your calories staying around the same? Are you, are you finding that you have some days where you eat a crazy amount of food and then other days where you eat nothing, right? And you start to actually learn a little bit about yourself, right? When you actually start to take the chance to, you know, look at this data, that's when you start to see the changes and that's when you start to actually learn about your habits and that's going to be a part of the fat loss mindset, um, which is a part of assessing the data, right? So actually seeing that there. So if your weight is not moving or staying the same over two weeks, um, you know, congratulations, you found your maintenance calories. If the weight is going up, your calories are too high for weight loss. If your weight is dropping down, then you're likely in a deficit and we should be able to re replicate this, right? And then as you go on, you obviously adjust the calorie um, balance because as you lose weight, you will need less calories to make you work efficiently, right? As you drop the calories, you're going to reduce, be reducing things like your thermic effect of food, like your neat will probably drop down a little bit. And then you have to keep tracking and you just got to keep looking and making sure that things are going in the right direction. So don't think that once you've found that one diet or that one style of eating or that one you know day of food worked really well for you, that it's going to work for two weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks, 24 weeks, whatever. It's going to be something that you have to consistently look at and constantly adjust, you know, to make sure that you're sort of adhering to that number one rule of fat loss, which is calories in, calories out. Okay, now, once you've done all this, okay, so once you know how many calories you can have without putting on weight, then it's easy to work out how much you can, how much you have to lose it, right? So. One thing that, you know, and this is important and not a lot of people knew, know this, but so one, one kilogram, right? So to lose one kilogram every single week, you need to have a deficit of 7,700 calories, right? So think about it. It's not really, it's not really um, possible to, to, look, to do that in a day. Right? How can you have a 7,700 calorie deficit when your body is only burning around 2,000 to 3,000 calories? Right? For you to do that, you would have to do an insane, an insane amount of cardio, right? an insane amount of moving. It's, it's not going to happen. And at the same time, eat nothing. So this is not something sustainable. Right? Doing a kilo in a week is still really on the hard end. And usually if you're gonna do that, it's usually revolt, results in quite a, uh, a rebound, okay? So if you did it in a week, you would need 1,100 calorie deficit every single day, Sunday to Monday, or Monday to Sunday, every single day, 1,100 calories. Now, it's easy, you might you might try this, right? You might take some of all of this and you know download MyFitnessPal and start to track it. You're like, oh my God, I actually am on a, you know, I've got 1,100 calorie deficit, easy. Um, but are you doing that on the weekends? Are you tracking everything? The oil that you use to cook your stuff, that Diet Coke and that, uh, you know, that chewing gum that you didn't track counts into that, right? So 
you might think it's easy, but then you have to, you know, really look at your method of tracking and how well you're doing everything else. So depending on how much fat you have to lose um, would determine how aggressive you would diet. But for the typical physique, you would want to be aiming for about 0.5% of body mass a week drop. If you're losing much more than that, then there's a big chance that you're losing lean muscle mass also right so if you have this huge deficit and you're losing more than you know so for me that that five percent of 80 kilos is only like 0.4 of a kilogram every week right now any more than that and it's not it's very very unlikely that more of that is coming from body fat so by aiming for a higher number and aiming for you know a kilo two kilos a week you know is not sustainable you know it's not something that's you're not just losing fat you're losing something else inside your body you're losing lean mass which we don't want right remember i was talking about that clip art with the diagonal we don't want that right um so for the general population 1100 calorie deficit a day every day is not easy to maintain which will make you more likely to cheat on your diet binge on the weekends and incorrectly track your calories because you're, if you try and you know you, you're trying to lose a kilo a week so you're trying to hit this 1100 calorie deficit then you're going to start to you know under under track your food you're going to you know you'll look at your chicken and you're like oh that looks like 100 grams worth of chicken when in reality it's 180 grams of chicken and therefore the calories and everything is going to be completely out of whack so tracking effectively not worrying about whether it's how much you're trying to lose in a week but just making sure it's accurate is more important so i prefer my athletes to think long term rather than short term so losing a kilogram a week will feel good for three to four weeks and then will feel absolutely terrible especially if you have not tracked calories before in most cases it is optimal to have around a three to five hundred calorie deficit each day which will equate to about 0.5 kilos a week and depending on food choices you should be able to do this and not feel hungry because you're not overly doing it to the point where your body's like where's all the food i'm hungry give it to me you know you're keeping it close enough so that you're not putting your butt your body under an insane amount of stress to create all this energy from nothing right for from yourself you know actually converting glycogen and all this other stuff into energy you're not putting as much stress on you're putting on just enough to make sure that it can continue this process long term right the smaller the deficit assuming adequate protein intake which is something i'm going to talk about a bit um just after this the more muscle mass you will retain when losing weight the bigger the deficit the more likely you are losing muscle mass also and as i said at the start not many people are becoming as uh as worried about their muscle mass I would hope that you, we can change this mindset because the muscle mass is what makes you look good. Having less fat doesn't do anything unless you are preserving that lean mass, okay? All right, comparing diet fats. So there are so many diets that are coming out, um, you know, and coming through the ages. And I'm going to attempt to break down um, to how all these diets work and what you should follow. So paleo diet removes grain and dairy from your diet, thus reducing calories. Intermittent fasting, it removes meals from your day and eating in a specific time frame, therefore reducing your calories. Um, there's also a clean eating diet, which is removing processed foods, foods from your diet. So having less of your chocolate and blah, 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 which therefore you guessed it, it reduces calories. Keto diet, 
removes carbohydrates from your diet, right? So you're only having proteins and fats, so, you know, meat and, you know, cheeses and things like that. And you guessed it, it works because it's reducing your calories. And lastly, the vegan diet, which is removing animal products from your diet. So it's basically just plant-based, um, can work for fat loss because you're reducing calories, right? So all of these things, it's been shown time and time again, it, they work. They all work. They've all had studies and you know and anecdotal evidence that these these diets work. So it's because of the same rule. It's because of that number one rule of fat loss that we can't escape. It's because it is bettering that or it is optimizing that calories in, calories out for you. Right? So it doesn't really matter which way you choose. You don't have to follow a specific diet. You don't need to cut out carbs completely to make this work. There's so much evidence on this. Do not fight me on it, right? It's not important. It does help some people. You need to find what actually makes you able to stick to the diet. I'm not, I'm not dissing any one of these diets. I'm saying that none of them are necessary to make it happen. But if one of them works for you, then keep it. If one of these work for you, then use that diet to get the results that you're after. But do not say that that is the only one that works and you can only do it doing this one method because it is not true. All of these work and bodybuilders themselves are very big on this because they eat an exorbitant amount of carbs. I know bodybuilders that eat up to five, 600 grams of carbs a day. That's literally, I've got this one dude that literally eats an entire box of cereal every single day and is still losing weight. An entire box of cereal and still losing weight because he is, he is understanding that it is a calorie deficit equation. And if you can, can and if you can keep that, then you can still lose weight. So that is something to think about. Now, coming into the macro side of things, this is where it gets a little bit more intricate and um, you know, what separates you know, weight loss from fat loss, what, what um, I guess separates bodybuilders from the average person as far as physique goes, it's because they understand these side of things as well. So what do they actually mean? So each macronutrient plays a role in the body. Um, so protein is the building block of muscle and tissue repair. There's a lot of things, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate this for people, but protein, um, we basically need it. So if we don't have it, we do not rebuild broken down tissue and we don't have the amino acids running through the body. And um, a thing to note is every gram of protein. So when you look on the back of your packet and you know, it says it's got 10 grams of protein, that is equating to 40 calories from the total calorie amount. So that's four, four, one gram of protein, four calories, okay? Carbohydrates is our main source of energy for high performance. So for weightlifting, for sprinting, for these super high intense exercises, carbohydrates are gonna be used because they are easily available, right? That it's easy to turn into energy. Um, and we can store it in our muscles, which therefore make it easy accessible, easily accessible, okay? So the thing to note is carbohydrates are the only non-essential macronutrient. What I mean by that is, is that we could go the rest of our lives without having a single gram of carbohydrate and we would survive. Granted that we are having enough proteins and fats because carbohydrate is is purely an energy source for us to use. It is not keeping us alive, 
okay? I hope that makes sense. Um, not saying it's bad, not saying it's the devil, right? I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that we don't necessarily need it to survive, which is important. Um, and then we have fat, which is another source of energy and it also regulates hormones, right? So there we have certain hormones that bind to fat, which is important. So if we don't, we don't have vitamin D, we don't have some of these other hormones that need fat are running through the system to actually bind to and therefore be used effectively. So without fats, some vitamins and minerals can't synthesize in the body because it binds to fat. And here's the kicker. So carbohydrates have four calories, protein has four calories per gram. Now. Fat has nine grams of calories. So I hope, I hope that makes sense, right? So one gram of protein, four. One gram of carbohydrate, four. One gram of fat is nine calories. So it's double the amount of energy in one gram of fat than there is in protein or carbohydrates. That's pretty insane, right? So that's, that's why we need to be a little bit careful of how much fat we're bringing in, right? The thing is, is that fat is more satiating. Right? So we need to keep that in mind when we're choosing our dietary choices because you might look at something like cheeses, cabana, avocado, blah, 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 all of these things, and they are healthy fats. There's nothing wrong with having these things in your diet, but a small amount of it equals a huge amount of calories inside the body, right? So we need to keep that in mind also that fat will make your calories go a lot higher if we don't keep looking at it, we don't keep track of it, okay? Now, I'm gonna give you some numbers here. So, you know, you can write these down if you wanna to start to create your own diet that is gonna be optimal for maintaining muscle mass and dropping body fat. So protein, so once you've got your total calorie amount, once you've got the amount that you actually need, um, we then basically, we have to go from there. So you got to say, for example, 2,400 calories. Once again, out of that 2,400 calories, we need to get two to 2.6 grams per kilogram of body weight coming from your protein, okay? So if I take 80 kilos, two to 2.6 grams, which means I'm gonna be having anywhere between 160 to 180 grams of protein per day, right? Now. I know it's hard and like what I also need you to do is I need you to go and look at some of the food in your cupboard and actually see how what, what sort of foods are you eating that actually have this high of protein, right? Because you need the meats, you need um, protein shakes, you need, you know, stuff that's actually going to say, you know, bring up that protein level to that high because I know for a fact in Australian diet, the protein is not that high. You know, I've worked with a lot of people and normally if I leave people to just track and not give them any advice whatsoever, protein normally falls somewhere between the 70 to 100 gram range, right? Now, the lowest we can go as far as protein to go down on, which I which um, you know is where you should be, is 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. That's the minimum. Highs 2.2 to 2.6, right? Which is, you know, if you're weight training and you're doing all this stuff, 1.2, any, oh, sorry, I think it's 1.6 actually, um, is the lowest you should go if you want to maintain muscle. So for me, that's like around 110 to 120 grams, okay? Um, now, once you've worked that out, so you've worked out how much protein you're gonna have in a day, then you go to your fats. So you'll start with the protein, then move to the fats. 
15 to 25 of your percent of your calories um, should come from fat and it should never drop below 0.5 grams per kilogram of body weight because as I said it's important for regulating these hormones so it's going to be very quickly that you start to feel very uh, nauseous and you start to feel very sick and not great so we need to keep that fat somewhere so for me I would not let my fats drop below 40 grams because I'm 80 kilos so I can't let it if I let it drop below there very quickly am I going to start to feel like shit so we need to keep it around there right um, but 15 to 25 percent of your calories so if we work that out um, 15 to 25% of the calories. So if I was on a 2400 calorie diet, and then we do plus 15%. Nah, forget it. Alright, so it's going to be sitting anywhere between that 40 to 80 grams um, of fat. Right, which is basically where we need it, right? Too high and it, yeah, it starts to muck around with us a little bit and it's hard to fit in any other calories because remember, fats have, you know, nine gram, uh, nine gr calories per gram, whereas carbs only have four grams. So it's, you know, it's gonna really restrict the amount of food that you can eat, right? And then once you've worked out those two, so I've got, say, protein set at 160 grams of protein, right? Because I'm weight training, so I needed that a little bit higher. I would even bump it up high if I was going into a prep, right? Fat, I'm going to put at you know 50 grams of pro, uh, 50 grams of fat because I prefer carbs in my diet. So I've got these two, and then I work out how much um, how much carbohydrates I can by filling the rest of that 2,400 calories with carbohydrates, right? filling up the rest of that with carbs and then using that in your diet because carbs is the most abundant um, fuel in our body so that's why we want to sort of allow it to sort of take over the rest of it now as long as you fit within this 2400 calorie range for myself not for you you have to work out what it is through those other slides but as long as I stick in between that 2400 calories I can be pretty certain I'll start to drop some body weight right and if I stick to this layout I can assume and I'm weight training at the same time I can then assume that I'm not going to be dropping as much muscle and I'll be dropping more body fat okay um, if you are not resistance training though however I would recommend lowering the carbohydrate content and upping the fat content while keeping calories equated right so if you're not doing weights if you don't like the weights, then you shouldn't be having an insane amount of carbohydrates because you're not burning off this glycogen and this and this sugar that's in the body because we use it for high intensity exercise, not for walking to the car or doing those little things. We need to, if we're going to have a high carb diet, therefore we need higher, we need more resistance training, more intense exercise. So for someone who is not moving around a lot, I would recommend lowering that carbohydrate intake and dropping it. And, and moving it into fat. Therefore, you're going to be eating a little bit less because carbohydrates, four calories, fats, nine calories. So you need to keep that into account as well. Okay, so nutrition takeaways, right? This is something that was, um, a lot of these were taken from the 3DMJ uh, muscle and strength and nutrition pyramids, right? Um, and I think they're amazing. So I'll put them here as well. So establish a structure to your meal timing and food choices, right? Find a way that you can actually keep them a little bit closer within each other, right? Keep them a way that we can actually 
you, you have some sort of structure around it where you're eating breakfast, you're eating lunch, you're eating dinner, right? And not just throwing in and around and going really low calories one day and going up another day. It doesn't work. Get consistent with what you're doing. Um, have fibrous vegetables at most of your meals. This is one that I struggle with personally. You know, I, I, I sort of get over the veggies. Um, however, it is a good thing to do because it is going to replenish a lot of the micronutrients and things like that. Um, they keep you fuller. Um, they are worth having in the diet. So the more veggies you have, the better you're going to look and feel. All right, it's pretty plain and simple. Avoid foods you tend to overeat past feeling full. Right, so if you have food like chocolate bars, you know other stuff like that, where you can chips is another big one where you can just eat and eat and eat and eat and you never feel full and you snack on them all day. It's best to get rid of those foods and find better alternatives for you because that snacking side of things really comes back to bite you. Um, eating between two and five meals a day um, and keep it, but keep it consistent and with less snacking. So don't snack as much in between meals. You don't need to, you shouldn't need to, right? Find out how many meals you can actually sit down and eat and prepare and then start from there and remove some of those snacks from throughout the day if fat loss is the main goal, okay? Have protein at every single meal. This one I do believe is extremely important and it's something that I stick to religiously, right? I, should, I ask myself every single time that I eat, where's the protein? And I almost get a little bit anxious when there's no protein there. Um, you know, I don't really like it. So, and it's, it's, it's served me well, it's doing the job because you wanna be stimulating muscle protein synthesis. You know, when you're eating to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're trying to build muscle, you know, you're trying to, be trying to do that. Now, if you're just constantly having carbs and fats together, um, it's not gonna work well. It's not going to um, get the results that you desire. So protein at every single meal. Learn what protein, you, where you can get protein sources from. You know, whether it's meat, bars, shakes, uh, you know, lentils, beans, um, jerky, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But get protein in every single meal. Um, pace yourself while eating. This is one I struggle with as well. You know, this is why I put them in there and they're important points. But you know, learn to slow down enjoy your food right don't just and just straight down chug it and then like you're super hungry two minutes later right allow yourself to enjoy the meals that you eat um, order only one dish when eating out you know going from entree to main to dessert and then some coffee afterwards and making it a full thing and you're doing that regularly every single week um, you know or every couple of nights um, you're going to pay the price. It's not going to be as easy as you think to sort of keep it going. So when you go out and you know, you, this is, you got to remember what I'm talking about here is for sustainable, right? So I'm not saying you, sh you can't go out and eat, but you know, instead of tracking exactly how much you're eating when you're at a restaurant, I say just order one meal, right? Just order the main and then get on with it. Okay. Um, Eat single ingredient foods, nuts, meats, vegetable, cheese, eggs, um, yogurts, things like that, where you know they're coming from one specific place. You know, it doesn't have all these crazy amount of ingredients in a week. It's very hard to track and it's very processed and things like that. Um, single ingredient, so you know, get your meat, some almonds, you know, you know, specific vegetables, cheese, eggs. Use these things regularly. You know, it's much easier for your body to digest one single ingredient food than it is to, you know, break down something that's been processed over and over and over again, right? Um, so keep that in mind. And 
understand when you're full. Don't teach your body to eat past when you're full. Ask yourself when you finish your meals, you know, like, do I, am I hungry? Do I need more? You know, and get very comfortable with, you know, feeling just, you know, you don't have to be completely chockers, bloated, feeling like shit, you know, to enjoy a good meal. Allow yourself to finish something and not, you know, even if you're not completely satisfied, that's okay. But don't go ahead and just start gorging on other stuff because you have, you have to allow yourself to feel, you know, feel what hungry and full feels like again. All right. Um, okay. Awesome. Training. We're going to make this the last one. All right. Um, we're going to do a, a third part, right? I hope this has been helpful. Once again, if you have any questions, leave them down in the comments. I would love to know what you think. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. I'll be back with part three.